The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus raised his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Give glory to your Son, so that your Son may glorify you, just as you gave him authority over all people, so that your Son may give eternal life to all you gave him. Now this is eternal life that they should know you, the only true God, and the one whom you sent, Jesus Christ. I glorified you on earth by accomplishing the work that you gave me to do. Now glorify me, Father, with you, with the glory that I had with you before the world began. I revealed your name to those whom you gave me out of the world. They belonged to you, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything you gave me is from you, because the words you gave to me I have given to them, and they accepted them and truly understood that I came from you, and they have believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I do not pray for the world, but for the ones you have given me, because they are yours, and everything of mine is yours, and everything of yours is mine and I have been glorified in them. And now I will no longer be in the world, but they are in the world, while I am coming to you. The Gospel of the Lord. Brothers and sisters, in this gospel reading from the 17th chapter of John's gospel, our Lord prays to the Father on behalf of his disciples. And he uses this word glory over and over and over again. And so as I was preparing for Mass this morning, I had to ask myself, what does glory mean anyways? Because our Lord uses it in different ways. Give glory to your Son so that your Son may glorify you. Give glory to your Son so that your Son may glorify you. And so glory has to do with a manifestation of the truth and beauty and goodness and excellence of God. 
it has to do with the manifestation of the divine majesty. And so when we talk about the transfiguration of Jesus, our Lord was glorified in his physical body. The majesty of God was revealed to Peter and James and John. And so when our Lord asks the Father to glorify him, he asks the Father to reveal himself through Jesus to the world. And then glory also means that we ourselves offer praise and obedience and submission that we ourselves entrust our lives to our Heavenly Father. And so we give Him glory through our acts of worship and our response to Him and the way that we choose to live our lives. Especially when we live in our lives, when we live our lives in such a way that we manifest the truth and beauty and goodness and majesty of our Heavenly Father. And so glory refers to this relationship of union between Jesus and the Father. And so when he prays this prayer, he says, Now they know that everything you gave me is from you. My disciples realize that everything about my life is a manifestation of your love. Because the words you gave to me, I gave to them, and they accepted them and truly understood that I came from you. Right? That's the goal of the Christian life, is to truly understand that Jesus is the Son of God. That he came from the Father. And they have believed that you sent me. And so the disciples will be glorified because they finally believe that the Father sent Jesus. And that he's in union with the Father. And again, that's the goal of our own conversion is to truly believe that Jesus came from the Father. And everything that the Father gave to Jesus, Jesus then in turn gives to us. So that just as our Lord abides in the Father's love, we ourselves abide in the love of Christ. And these words are much different than the words Jesus previously spoke to Philip when Philip said to Jesus, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. And Jesus turns to him and says, have I been with you all this time, Philip? And still you do not know me. And so at this point, as our Lord prays this prayer, Philip and the others have come to know him. To know him deeply and to know him intimately. The glory that our Lord wants to give to us 
is also a sense of belonging to him. And seeing him manifested in our daily lives. It's the plan of God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ from all eternity that God would enter into the world and stay in the world. And so our Lord prays this prayer with his disciples because he says, I will no longer be in the world, but they are in the world. So give them the glory that I had with you from the beginning. And that glory is particularly manifest at Pentecost, which we'll celebrate next Sunday. As the Holy Spirit comes upon the twelve or the eleven as they're gathered in the upper room around the Blessed Virgin Mary. In today's reading, we hear that they're all gathered there, awaiting the coming of the Holy Spirit. And so as we conclude this Easter season, the question is, like, have we come to that point of really knowing our Lord and being in union with him? Have we ourselves come to a point of experiencing the fact that we belong to him and not to the world? It really begs the question, what does it mean to us to be a Catholic Christian living in the world today? Do we belong to our Lord or do we belong to the world? Because truly living a converted life means that every single decision that we make, everything that we do, is a response to the love that we first received from God. And so when we get home at the end of the day and we're tired or we're lonely or we're feeling rejected or when we're bored, do we remember in that moment that we belong to the Lord? Do we return to our Lord? Do we invite him to be the Lord of our households? the Lord of our hearts, the Lord of our imaginations? Or do we slip into belonging to the world as we turn to entertainment as a refuge? Or we start to lose ourselves in following the news? Or we start to worry over worldly things? instead of worrying about heavenly things. In the responsorial psalm that we had today, it says, I believe I shall see the good things of the Lord in the land of the living. Which really means, I believe that I shall see our Lord's glory in this life here on earth. But in order to see our Lord's glory in this life here on earth, We have to first belong to him. To open our hearts to receive his spirit. To give our lives over to him in prayer.
and to truly live differently than the world lives. To live every day as if we truly belong to our Lord. We belong to the kingdom of heaven, not to the kingdom of the world. To renounce sin, to renounce anything that gets in the way of us experiencing the love of Christ. And when we do this, our Lord truly manifests his goodness, his love, his mercy, his majesty. And he even starts to surprise us with his love in the way that he takes care of us, in the way he manifests his mercy in our lives. This last couple of weeks, I had a very profound experience of that in my own life, in my own priesthood. And, um, and our Lord truly manifested the fact that he is in charge of everything. And if I really let him be in charge of everything, then the result of that is great joy. It was about three years ago that I started to do this work within our own diocese of educating parents about protecting children online and turning away from those sins of the flesh, which John Paul II says are the greatest obstacle to the spiritual life. And about that time I met this psychologist named Peter Kloponis who does this work on a psychological level out in Philadelphia. About a year later in 2014, Dr. Kloponis started doing work with this Italian guy who speaks English over Skype. About a year after that, there was another Italian, a French Italian guy who works for the Pontifical Council for Peace and Justice who happened to be in Lincoln, Nebraska and he noticed that on our website We have resources um, for people who have internet addiction. And so he calls me up and we went to lunch and had, you know, a good conversation. Um, His name's Tabaldo Vinci Guerra, which means like the war victor or something like that. And then a year after that, I get this email message from this Italian guy named Luca Morelli, who was the one who went to Dr. Coponis for psychology. And he wants to start this purity movement in Italy and uh, he wanted to translate some of the resources that we have on Integrity Restored. And so, so I asked him if he knew this guy, Tebaldo Vinci Guerra, in Rome, and he said no, and so I introduced them. So me from Nebraska is introducing to Italians who want to do the same work. And then he invites me to come over to go on this tour of Italy, and he didn't have anything booked. He just said, somebody told him, you know, just plan it and Jesus will take care of the rest. And then a couple of months later, there was another Italian who had started working with the Courage Apostolate in Italy, who was also involved in some 12-step groups. And he wrote an email to someone that accidentally went to Luca Morelli. And so they met. And so our Lord just sort of introduces these three Italian guys 
who started this whole movement called Pure of Hearts. And, uh, and then for about 12 days, I spent in Italy with Dr. Coponis going from Milan down to Palermo, giving these conferences to youth and to church leaders, a couple of universities. And it was truly amazing how our Lord sort of put everything together. You know, to include, we needed a place to stay in Milan, and so Luca calls up somebody who had a friend, who had a friend, who had a house available, and that friend happened to be the wife of one of my professors from when I was in grad school. And there's amazing fruit that's coming out of that over there. And there's no way that any of us on a human level could have done any of that. And yet our Lord took care of everything. Because each person involved was willing to just surrender their life and say, Jesus, you've done great things in my life. And if you want to use me, you can use me. And so they've started to distribute literature and booklets and they've translated much of the work that's been done here in the United States into Italian. And it's an amazing thing and there's a sense of the universal church at work. But also a sense of the fact that when we do surrender our lives to our Lord, He always reminds us that He's taking care of us. And he's able to do the work that he wants to do in the world. And the work that he wants to do goes far beyond our expectations. And we have to believe and trust that he'll do the same things in our own families, in our own communities, in our own schools, in our own parishes. That this high prayer of Jesus that he prays for his disciples is also for us. That he's prayed for us that we might manifest his glory in the world. And the world is in such need of seeing that glory. The world is starving to see our Lord's love, a love that is real. A love that is true. And when we can manifest that love because we've chosen to belong to him, our Lord is able to reach those hearts who have fallen into despair or given up hope or who believe that they're unlovable. It's the work that our Lord wants to do in the world. And he has prayed for us that we will be able to do it. Our part is to respond to that prayer. To allow our Lord to be glorified in us. That we may glorify him. in each thought, word, and action of our lives.
And so today let us pray that as we prepare for the Feast of Pentecost, this coming of the Holy Spirit, that we truly will be open to the graces that our Lord wants to give to us once again through that liturgical feast. That we join with the apostles who waited in the upper room for the coming of that Spirit. And that our Lord will truly transform our hearts, our imaginations, our lives. And that he may live in us and act in us as we bring his glory, his light into the darkness of the world around us.